The New Orleans Pelicans fought hard and CJ McCollum played like an all-star yet again, but the loss to the Boston Celtics showed you they need more offense beyond Zion and Brandon Ingram who are still out injured. I'll explain why in today's episode of Lockdown Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Thursday, day after the Pelicans fall to the Boston Celtics, 125-114. Honestly, it's like a glass half full, silver linings kind of victory, but it also showed you that the Pelicans need a little bit more even when Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson come back and I'll explain that so thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day we're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team no one else coming to y'all like this subscribe wherever you got your podcast subscribe on YouTube and comment down below on YouTube as well it's the number one thing you can do to support the channel And it's a fun Pelican season. I'm excited. I know you're excited. We're here every single day talking about it. So let's get into this one. I am going to sound maybe a little bit negative in the show, but I'm by no means complaining about that loss to the Boston Celtics, the best team in the league, the first team to 30 wins in the NBA. New Orleans played tough. They fought hard. They just didn't have enough to get over the hump. Anytime they got this game close, they got it to within one. I think it was 69-68, and then Boston went on a 21-8 run. Anytime New Orleans got close, Boston had an answer behind their main players just kind of doing their thing. Jalen Brown with 41 points. Jason Tatum with 31. Malcolm Brogdon off the bench with 20. They had an answer. That's what good teams do, and New Orleans was certainly undermanned going into this one. But they kept it close. Sorry, still recovering from being very sick. Uh, They kept it close because of C.J. McCollum, who finished with 38 points on the night. He went 5 of 5 from 3 to start the game and just looked unstoppable. And when the three-point shot wasn't falling nearly as much, he was attacking, getting to the basket, just doing everything that he could. Again, playing like an all-star. 38 points on 24 shot attempts is a really excellent game. He's been outstanding. Four assists, four rebounds, just one turnover. You cannot say enough about him. In fact, I did yesterday's show breaking down the numbers and how and why CJ should be an all-star making that game. Give it a listen if you haven't already. But that wasn't enough because the Pelicans just didn't have enough else offensively. No one else was really there to step up and take on some of that scoring burden. No one else for New Orleans scored 20 or more points. The next closest was Najee Marshall with 18 points. You had Trey Murphy with 15, and then Jonas Valanciunas with just 13. Four Pelicans players scored in double figures, and that's it. You're not going to win very many games if that's the case, if you have at least no one else getting over 20. And yes, New Orleans has 47 points in street close with Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram out, and they need those guys back out on the court. But here's the thing. I think this game really does tell you that New Orleans, if they're going to make a trade this season, needs to bring in a more offensive-minded player. 
I don't think rebounding was an inv- uh, a big thing for them. I saw someone tweet at me the rebounding stats. The Boston Celtics won that battle 50 to 33. That sounds bad, right? Except Boston for their 11 offensive rebounds only had eight second chance points because six of those 11 offensive rebounds came on just two possessions where Boston just kept rebounding, rebounding, rebounding. Boston didn't really hurt New Orleans on the glass. Yeah, those numbers look off, but you've got to dive a little bit deeper than that. You know, defensively, they could have used a couple more stops, but they actually played pretty decent defense on the Celtics. And in that third quarter, when the Boston Celtics kind of opened the game up, it was largely just because of just incredible shot making by their stars, by Jalen Brown, by Jason Tatum, hitting their shots, even with good contests on them. There's not a whole lot you can do there. New Orleans forced them into taking, you know, mid-range jumpers, contested threes, and they just hit them. Like, there's not much more you can do. I thought the defense was actually okay, and I want to look at the defense where New Orleans did get burned in the next segment because there were times, yes, when that happened. So when you look at this game, they lost because they needed more scoring, and it just wasn't anywhere for them. This was a team that couldn't take advantage, and I'll get into this more in the next segment, of Jonas Valanciunas and feed him the ball and get him going. You know, no one else was stepping up to do the kind of scoring where you lead a team to victory. Trey got 15, was one of four from three, but he was doing it (coughs) on like cleanup shots and little dunks in transition. But you need someone else that can take over in the half court. And New Orleans right now simply doesn't have that person. Adding another guy like that is only going to be a good thing. And you can say, well, they have those guys. They're on the bench. They're in street clothes. It's Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. But here's the thing. If you're saying that, a lot of people tweeted that at me, so maybe that's why I'm talking about it right now. When are they coming back? When are they coming back? Do you have any idea when Zion's coming back? Because I don't. And I promise you I'm talking to people with the, uh, you know, associated with the team and with the team. I couldn't tell you for sure when Brandon Ingram's coming back. You know, it could be this week. It might not be. I thought it was going to be for like two weeks now, and he hasn't. You at some point need to realize the standings matter now too, and you've got to go and get these wins, and having an extra score, that's great. There's room for a person like that. I don't think you're getting very (laughs) many good minutes out of a guy like Devontae Graham right now after a stretch he had where he was playing well. So you can consolidate some of these players, bring in others that are going to give you more later. Devontae Graham's still going to get minutes when everyone's healthy. What if you could upgrade those minutes with someone else? I think that's something that's worth looking at. The trade deadline's a month away, and nothing really gets done until that kind of final week or so. But New Orleans, if they're worried, they're going to slip in the standings. And look, they're holding serve right now. This road trip is going like I expected. Win over the Washington Wizards. Losses to the Mavericks and to the Celtics. We'll see about this upcoming Detroit game and then the Cleveland game too. If they can go two and three on this road trip, that's good. That'll hold you at third in the West. But if you start to lose some other games because you don't get enough scoring, and Detroit's playing pretty well right now, it makes me a little bit worried and you might need to pull the trigger on a trade sooner rather than later. Those assets don't do you any good unless you cash them in for something. Or use them to pick good players. This is something that the Boston Celtics themselves ran into. They had all those draft picks, all those assets, and never really traded them for anyone that they needed. And it would have been a very useful thing for them to do. Maybe would have won them a title by now. 
So New Orleans, I don't think, should necessarily wait, even if you have to overspend a little bit. But CJ was masterful, 38 points, and you still lost. You need more. You need more. And that's not a shot at these other guys for not stepping up that far. They're role players. That's what they, you know, they're playing kind of the, to the max of their ability. I was impressed with everyone. I'm not that upset with this loss. But it's very clear they need another scoring threat right now, especially while Zion and B.I. are out. And it's not a bad thing to have even when they're back. So there you go. I do think they should start looking at making a trade sooner rather than later. But I also want to look at the defense from this game, particularly something that Boston did that New Orleans didn't, that if you can figure this out a little bit, maybe that'll carry you through and you don't need to make a panic trade or a trade right away, or you could simply stand pat at the trade deadline. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, <clears throat> today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories, then you've got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. One of my goals the past like two years has been to eat healthier this year. And if you're like me where you want to eat healthier but you don't want to compromise on taste, then Built Bar is the way to go. Healthy is actually tasty. These things taste like a candy bar, except they're really good for you. And all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. Not really sure how they do it, but only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. I eat one basically for lunch with a smoothie every single day. And you don't need to wait around to get a box. You can go to built.com and order them, or now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So you can get a four-pack box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs at Walmart. If you go to Sam's Club, you can grab a 13-bar box with, our, with the Hit Flavors brownie batter, churro, and churro. Those are awesome ones. Those are some of my favorite ones. The brownie batter one is absolutely one of my go-tos. I have them in my bag here with me right now. So go to built.com and get them that way. Go to Sam's Club. Go to Walmart. Trust me, you'll thank me. Built Bars are awesome. I eat one every single day. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Tell me in the comments down below, do you think they should make a trade for an offensive player? I just did a trade target episode recently. We'll look at more probably in tomorrow's episode. Are there other guys or another type of player, another archetype you think they should be going after? Is it defense? Is it more of a rim protector? Let me know in the comments down below. So, in this game, the Pelicans losing to the Boston Celtics 125-114. I thought something was very interesting. Both these teams kind of run... <coughs> still can't shake this cough. Both teams like to run a switching scheme. The Celtics really like to switch one through five, and they can do that with Al Horford out there. The Pelicans like to play small with Larry Nance Jr. and try and switch one through five as well. They don't do that quite as much and can't really with Jonas Valanciunas out there. When <coughs> New Orleans defensively was switching, Boston realized when there was a mismatch and attacked. You saw lots of guys getting down into the paint, big men over smalls, or small guys just dribbling right around Jonas Valanciunas or Larry Nance Jr. Larry Nance Jr. struggled in this game. This was not his best game. Um, and got to the rim very easily for just easy buckets. But New Orleans was not able to do the same thing. Now, there was no Herb Jones in this. New Orleans is down three starters. That's not exactly ideal. That certainly would have helped. I thought... You had Trey Murphy looking pretty good defensively at times. But they definitely didn't do the best job of 
staying home and kind of doing what they needed to do when they switched. Compare that to Boston and what New Orleans wasn't doing when Boston switched. And this goes back to the offense. You know, Jonas Valanciunas in this game only had 13 points. That feels like a disappointment here. You know, in a game without Zion B.I., he's arguably the second best player on the court for the Pelicans. And he took the fourth most shot attempts. And I was on WWL radio before the game. Uh, and Mike Dettelier asked me and said, is, Jonas, is it safe to say that Jonas Valanciunas has been the most consistent player for New Orleans? And I said, no, but there's an asterisk by that. Because he's a big man that needs people to get him the ball. He's not the same type of big man as Zion Williamson is. You know, when New Orleans doesn't do him any favors, when the Pelicans don't do him any favors, it's not really his fault <laughs> if he's not performing. <coughs> Sorry. You know, it's not his fault when he's not performing. This is kind of New Orleans failing him, not able to get him the ball with entry passes. A lost art in the NBA, certainly. You know, they don't take advantage when there's a smaller guy on him. And they don't do a good job of rotating around him when he gets doubled for him to pass to an open man. And this game really showed all of that. He could have eaten and in the first quarter started to. And then New Orleans just kind of went away from him. Even when there was a smaller defender matched up on him, when Jonas would have an easier time backing that guy down and trying to score at the rim, you know, it just didn't happen. And it was a little odd to me to see the Boston Celtics attacking that switching defense really well, knowing when they had a positive matchup in their favor. And then New Orleans gets a similar thing like that and just doesn't recognize it or doesn't take advantage of it. You know, Jonas did very well against the Washington Wizards in the win for the Pelicans the other day. And that took Willie Green kind of drilling into the team saying, we got to feed him. We got to get him the ball. We got to work on those sorts of things. And just then to go away from it after a game is very, very odd to me. And I don't understand why that happens. If they could have gotten Jonas to 25 points in this game, which feels like it would have been very feasible for him to do, I think they would have had a better, obviously they would have had a better chance of winning, but it's someone else to then carry the scoring burden from CJ McCollum. And with the way the Boston Celtics defended CJ in the second half, you know, someone was going to be open. They were doubling him. They're face guarding him the second he crossed half court. They were putting two on him saying anyone else can beat us. And it means someone's open and someone's got to do it. Let that person be Jonas Valanciunas. If you're putting two on Zion, kick the ball out to a shooter. Let the, the help defender then rotate over from being the low man and get Jonas Valanciunas the ball and let him feast down low or attack those type of defenses more. And New Orleans just didn't. And it was a little bit disappointing to see. I don't, I don't want to say this game was truly winnable for the Pelicans, but it's not like it wasn't. Though I'm not going to say they should have won this game because... Clearly, there were very many disadvantages for them. But they did not attack the defense the same way that the Boston Celtics attacked the Pelicans' defense, even when the defenses were kind of similar at times. And New Orleans needs to recognize that, I think, and to try and take advantage of those mismatches more. That might mitigate the need for adding another score. If you like this team, and I get it, if you like this team, I like this team. If you don't want to trade anyone, I'm cool with that too. 
But you've got to find a way to generate more offense, and I don't think New Orleans is doing the best job of that right now. It's also tough to kind of change things on the fly. You don't change your rotations from game to game, things like that. New Orleans is going through a lot of like transitionary periods too with not having Zion and MBI and trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. But it seems very obvious that you should feed Jonas Valanciunas, attack those mismatches, and try and get him some easy buckets because you could also see when he was posting up at times, they were sending two at him. They were doubling him. Someone's open. Someone's open. New Orleans did a good job of shooting the three ball here, 36.7%, but they only took 33s in a game where Boston took 44. You got to kind of, re- you don't need to redo much with the offense, but you've got to tweak it, I think, a little bit would be very important for this Pelicans team to be able to do and might mitigate the need for a trade. Let me know what you think in the comments down below. So coming up next, a couple more good standout performances from players in this game, though. Let's talk about that. Let's break down what we saw from Dyson Daniels, Najee Marshall, others in this one. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. You can't have open positions. It's going to kill your business. It's going to put more pressure on your other employees. God forbid they quit then, right? Well, LinkedIn Jobs helps you attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond the resume data using insights from your job posts, the company, and 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. So you identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them faster and for free. And LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications on all-in-one platform. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdownmba. That's linkedin.com slash lockdownmba to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all like no one else is, completely free. Not a week between shows or anything like that. Monday through Friday, we are here breaking down all the Pelicans things you want to know. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. Get them clued in that this Pels team is really fun and good still. And of course, comment down below on YouTube. For your second listen, go check out Locked on Saints. Host Ross Jackson breaking down everything black and gold. Where's Sean Payton going to go? What would the compensation return for multiple first-round picks, please, be for the Saints? Ross Jackson, Locked on Saints, your second listen. All right, we're talking about the Pelicans losing, unfortunately, 125-114 to the Boston Celtics. Before we get into some of the other performers, I'm not panicking just yet. The road trip is going about as expected right now for the Pelicans. They're kind of holding serve. They go two and three. I'm I'm, I'm okay with that given the... Uh, you know, the situation here with no Zion, no BI, and, you know, at times no Herb Jones. That, that hurts you. So, New Orleans has done as good of a job as you could hope from them kind of weathering this pretty rough patch and rough stretch of schedule. And it also helps that the rest of the West is like doing New Orleans every single favor. New Orleans hasn't given up ground in the standings and has remained third in the West. And I'm pretty <laughs> happy with that 
overall from this team. So I don't think it's you're looking at this as a true negative of a road trip or what's going on with them now. I think this says probably more about the Pelicans and their resiliency and their fight than anything. And actually, I think you should be quite proud of them given this stretch that they're kind of going through and how they're playing right now. But still, it might not be a bad thing to try and add a couple more people in. So let's look at some of the other guys in this game. Let's start with Larry Nance Jr., who really struggled. He's a minus 20 in 20 minutes of play. Didn't get a single point, just two rebounds. You know, Boston's tough. They're a deep team, too. A lot of their guys do a really good job. And switching for New Orleans really led to a lot of mismatches. This might have been a game to try Willie Hernan Gomez. I'm uh, sorry, Billy Hernan Gomez a little bit more and see if he could have given you anything, given that the, the numbers for Nance in this one just not great. Missed his two kind of layups, just easy shots that just didn't go in. But there were so many arms and, and there's so much length down below for the Boston Celtics. It really made his life hard. You know, Jackson Hayes, by comparison, was okay. Eight points for him, four of six shooting, three rebounds. Maybe trying a more traditional taller big could have done something for New Orleans in those minutes that he was out there. I don't know if anything was going to change all of that that much. Devontae Graham also struggled in this one. Just two points on the night. Did have three assists, two rebounds, and a steal. He makes like one solid defensive play game. And frankly, that's a compliment to him. And But his shooting, the scoring, hasn't really been there in a way <laughs> that New Orleans truly needs right now. Again, I think it speaks to they, they need some more scoring. And even when everyone's healthy, you can still have that guy in the rotation in the lineup. I liked what we saw out of Dyson Daniels, though, in his, you know, at times limited minutes, even though he played 25 in this game and with the starters. He reads the game really well. He still makes some bad decisions at times offensively that I didn't love. A couple of passes from him were like, wait a second, that's not great. And he very clearly isn't the most advanced in his offensive game. Struggles sometimes scoring at the rim, but his three-point shooting has been better than expected, making a corner three in this one, which I thought was great. He's going to be a very, very good player. Defensively, he was as sound as you could be. They got beat a couple of times, but again, not a big knock on him. And then you have Najee Marshall, who stepped up yet again for New Orleans, got downhill, got to the line, 18 points, made a couple of threes, rebounding, dishing out assists, just doing everything. If you get this level of play with Najee when the team is fully healthy, and there's no reason to think that he can't do this with like a second unit, he's going to be a huge piece for New Orleans. But they just need someone else to go with him. Give him a running mate on the second unit, and I think it could be really something special. And we're going to end the show there because I'm going to keep coughing, and I don't want to keep doing that to your eardrums here. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. If you haven't, give a listen to the episode yesterday talking about CJ McCollum and why he should make the All-Star game. We'll get more trade targets in tomorrow's episode of Locked on Pelicans. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll see you all next time.